Welcome to Tracy Says Things, your bi-weekly dose of what the fuck am I listening to? I'm Tracy. I say the things. Today's pod was just an excuse to get together with a friend I haven't seen face-to-face for a fucking year. Anne is a woman I look to for support, and she's talked me off the ledge more than once. She's been witness to and a part of many escapades that I may have instigated. She's one of the most genuine, wonderful women I know, and it's time that you meet her. So internet, meet Anne. Pretty close. I would say, yeah. I think my daughter was about three, so probably six-ish years. Yeah. Hi, Internet. (laughs) So I've known Anne for, oh my God, should have done some research. I need to not only hire a producer, I need to hire uh, a research assistant. (laughs) How long have I known you? It's really funny because a lot of people are like, oh, I met you at that Halloween party at Daphne's house. And it's like pre-Halloween party at Daphne's house or post-Halloween party at Daphne's house. I'm going to say post because I know nothing of the Halloween party at Daphne's house. (laughs) I met you at Dinner Rush at Daphne's work. Yes, But still Daphne. Hi, Daphne. (laughs) We'll find out if she listens or not. We'll ask her after this airs and be like, so did you hear your name dropped? And she'll be like, uh, oh yeah. And we'll Mm -hmm. ask her what what it was about. That's right. Dinner Rush. Okay. Yes. yes. That does make sense too. And then I'll need to hear about this Halloween party. Stupid game where, or was it? Yeah, it was just a Halloween. No, it wasn't the Halloween party. I lied. Daphne had a toy party. That's what it was. Oh, okay. She did have like a family Halloween party. And I was like, wait, we wouldn't have played this game at the Halloween party because it was like children were there and stuff. But it was one of those. Yeah, I think she hosted a toy party. And we. I was at that. Were you? Tyla's bachelorette. No. No, a different one. No, a different one. Well, that was also a toy party at Daphne's. Wow, Daph. Jeez. Yeah, (laughs) Daph's a dirty girl. No, it was not the one because it was at her old house on. Okay. It's like, have you ever done this? Move a seat. Have you ever done this? Move a seat. And people were like, oh, Tracy's not just a little old housewife. She's done some dirty shit. We did that at the other party too. And people seemed a bit surprised at how much I moved. <laughs> High five. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those 20s were fun. That was a mom group thing, and there was a lot of, like, really uptight mom types types there, and, yeah, it was fun, because I was, like, totally honest. Yeah. Normally, like, in a group like that, I wouldn't be totally honest, but I had had a little bit of red wine. Red wine is a common theme. When Tracy drinks red wine... I have never known you not to be totally honest, but maybe we drink a lot together. <laughs> well, we do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we do. Yeah, because, and the party at, like, Tyler's Bachelorette was, uh, was a much, like, tamer, like, it was a very limited crowd, so. And we all knew each other well. Yeah, so that, of course. There weren't a lot of surprises, I don't think. No. Yeah, so this all went to, I've known you for six years. Oh, wow. See, this Mm -hmm. is how this is going to go. Yep. This is going to be really bad. I'm really good at tangents. Tangents are fine as Mm -hmm. long as we, you know, circle back. Yep. We put a pin in it and we circle back. Okay. And see, the best part is this is a podcast, and they can't see the hand motions that we just did. <laughs> like, put a pin in it, circle back. So it's all about using your imagination. Mm-hmm. Tune down mommies. To mom group. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we've, we've sort of branched off of that, and I think we're, we're decent enough friends. I would say so. You know enough of my secrets. I know a couple of yours. And you've got my back no matter what, and I got yours. 
<laughs> exactly. So yes, and so you mentioned you have a daughter, and I have a daughter. Our daughters are very close. Mine is a couple years older. Yeah. Um, they've played together quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's kind of how we met was through. Let's see. What else should we tell people about you? Well, I guess. Something makes me slightly different than most folks here in Saskatoon is that I'm originally from Florida. Exactly. She's an expat. Why do I think expats are cool? Because, like, two of my best friends are both. And southern expats. Because the other one originally hails, uh, like, from Georgia. Like, she's a Savannah girl. So she's even more southern than me who grew up south of her. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she's taught me all about, like, y'all and... And uh, all like y'all, Hop and John, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, cornbread, mm-hmm. like and the Piggly Wiggly stuff. and the Hoggly Woggly, yeah, Chick fil A, ugh, ooh, mm, Chick fil A, no, like tasty, but <laughs> tastes like hate, yes, that's better, tastes like hate, um, yes, and it's really funny because she used to actually post like things about Chick fil A, and I was always like, Chick a fill like, what is this restaurant? And she was finally like, oh, my God, do you mean Chick-fil-A? And I was like, shut up. <laughs> yes, I do. And I'm from Saskatchewan. <laughs> yes. Um, Anne has had sort of an interesting year. Um, not interesting fun. Nope. Not fun at all. But yeah. I think it, it also makes her a Wonder Woman. She doesn't think so, probably. But, well, you've had an interesting few years, I should say. Yeah, it goes back... Uh, four years. Um, my husband was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in beginning in December of 2016. Formal diagnosis in January of 2017 and had 67 rounds of chemo over three years and passed away last January 19th. So 2020 started off with the bang and had no idea how far that was going to go. But, yeah. Yeah. So 2020 sucked for quite a number of reasons. It did. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the anniversary uh, just kind of came and went. And um, I had a, a time hot memory pop up and it said, like, today was harder than I thought it would be. And I was like, well, no shit, Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Like, it was hard for me. I can't even begin to imagine. But... You handled that, not only that day, but like the days before and the days after. You were so stoic and you were so composed. And, and, and I mean, I'm sure behind closed doors you crumbled. But Well, and thankfully at the funeral I was facing away from everyone except the minister and the musicians. So you guys couldn't see what a mess I was. <laughs> but yeah, you... you um... I, it's like weird to say you were like an example, like because I mean that's well, a I've terrible tried thing to, to be, say. Though. I have tried to be an example, and um, recently have have started trying to reach out to people who I've learned have had family members diagnosed um, as well to try and help them walk through what is a horribly messy and difficult time. Um, yeah, it. we were very lucky. We had three years more with Kelly than what we had expected. And those three years gave me a lot of time to process the fact that he was going to die. Um, it didn't make it easy 
in any way, shape, or form. But I think it gave me the ability to help other people sooner than if it had been sudden and unexpected. Um, And I also had an eight-year-old that I needed to help through it. I couldn't just crumble all the time. I have crumbled plenty of times. She has seen me crumble. We've crumbled together. Oh, that's good. And, um, and we've worked through the crumbling. And it's been good. She yeah. and I, I think, are stronger now than we were before all of this. That's for sure. That would be the one positive. Yeah, that was something I wanted to say for sure. Because, um, like, I've seen... Like, you are very open. Like, you're very open with the whole process. Even when Kelly was sick, we were a part of it. You were making posts, um, like about what the illness does, what it's doing specifically to your husband, what it'll do in general to other people's loved ones. Um, and that was really, um, I hate to use positive connotations. Like that was awesome, but it was, it was, you know, me, I try and normalize, like I, um, through my mental, I hate to say illness. It's a, it's a non wellness. <laughs> um, or I just embrace the C word. Like I'm crazy. I, it's official. I take pills for it, but I try and normalize my like ups and downs, my manics, my depressions, my, you know, the, the whole like wavelength of it, because it's not all sunshine and roses and it's not all lay in bed and cry. And even on bad days, it's not lay in bed and cry. It's like, so the, the, I try and like put the whole spectrum out there. So people know the real truth of it. Right. And you did the same thing. And that was at first I was really like, some days I was like, what the fuck is she doing? (laughs) And then other days I was like, no, this is super brave and super awesome. And, um, eye opening, but not even eye opening, just, it was your reality. Mm -hmm. Like you talked about every day. Like all I could think was just like how fucking brave. And I guess uh, in a way, was it just, so you weren't alone with it? Like, so it wasn't just the three of you or was it, was there like, what were you immediately thinking like big picture, share the symptoms, like let everybody know? Both. Um, I am a hard on my sleeve kind of person. Um, that's just who I am. And I don't like to keep things to myself. I did actually keep more to myself than I normally would have because it wasn't my illness. It was Kelly's and I wanted to respect him and what he wanted shared or not shared. Um, And so it took a while to get to the point of sharing much. And once I did, he was okay with it. And so I continued. I've had a few people reach out to me and say, you know, I've had some of those same symptoms. I'm going to call my doctor. And that is the most important thing. Because the, the number one thing I've tried to stress to people is know your body. When something isn't right, push for tests. Don't be brave and go, oh, it's just a stomach bug. When it's been going on for a month, it's not just a stomach bug. Go get checked out. Push for tests that you would not normally get and just find out. Because if it is the worst, you deal with it. If you don't know what it is, you don't get a chance to deal with it. Right. We're we're sitting here, we're wearing masks because COVID. <laughs> and, um, you know, we're only what, two feet apart, two and a half feet. So we're wearing masks. We are being very socially responsible right now. And she was, she said somebody um, has reached out to her and my, my jaw dropped and I realized you can't see the face I'm making. No, but I was like, Oh my God, that's amazing. And then like I burst into a huge smile. So I just needed to point that out that like, that is, that's a crazy, fantastic reaction. Like that's, if you save 
that's kind of like this podcast. Um, we're going to pretend that, that you have already heard the first podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the first episode is entitled, Why Tracy Says Things. And um, we're going to pretend you've already heard it, but it... Okay. it Basically is is um, an explanation of who the fuck do I think I am that I deserve to say things out loud. <laughs> and it basically goes over that this is the reason. Like, this is the reason I'm saying these things. It's because if one person can pick up any kind of grain of truth out of all of the bullshit I spew <laughs> and all of the, the rambling meanderings of a crazy person... If, if there's one tiny little piece that somebody else can get something out of, it's all worth it, right? So, Absolutely. So, yeah, just if, yeah. if one person mm-hmm. has an early diagnosis or one person gets a few extra years, because, you know. Yeah, and then since Kelly has died, um, I've been pretty open, I think, too, about how Madison and I have dealt with it and the ups, the downs, the planning for these anniversaries, these birthdays, the, all the firsts that happened. Um, and in that, I've had a couple of people reach out to me who are new widows that are just, how have you dealt with this with a kid? And I've been able to reach out to a couple people I've met through mom groups who have lost a spouse or even an ex-spouse who is the parent of their own child and, and how they've worked through those things. And it's been great to connect with other people. And that's been helping me too, because I've kind of done the widow thing on my own for a year and finally have been like, you know, I'm going to reach out to a couple people who have done this and how in the world do you work through this and that? And it's been really good. Yeah. And the, I mean, the W word, like, it's so strange because I don't, like, I look at you and I don't think widow because people think widow, they think old, haggard, gray-haired, hunched over, like in a you know dressing gown <laughs> not, <laughs> like not 44 with an eight-year-old no yeah. you are young you are vivacious you are you're when i've seen you get all dressed up girl like you put on <laughs> quite you got like a little dress and some heels and fuck like look out boys here comes Anne, and i've seen it happen <laughs> so <laughs> and it doesn't even take red wine like I'd make out with you right now. Like, <laughs> listeners, if you hear some funny, like, slurping, smooching noises, it's because I've convinced her to make out with Except me. Except we're still wearing our masks, so we're safe. <laughs> How do you make out in a mask? Yeah. New tangent. How? Yeah. I guess, well, did you, there's a, oh, yeah, definite tangent. That sheet from BC where they were like, you know. Glory holes. Glory holes. And, like, doggy style is the preferred method to, like missionary and I'm like oh my god a government official got paid mm-hmm. to write this print it and send it out like holy shit whoever thought the word glory holes and doggy style would be on an official government document and Tracy how did you miss out on being paid as that government <laughs> official that's what I want to know wrong province <laughs> Scott Mo hasn't even like officially believed in COVID yet I don't think so um, I mean, Dr. Shahab would totally tell me to like, I, I mean, maybe that's what I should do. Maybe I should freelance a document to Dr. Shahab and then he'll like get it published for me because he his, believes in it. In his sweet little sweater vest, he will tell oh people to use those glory holes. Between you and me and these office walls, Dr. Shahab is kind of good looking. <laughs> like, is he not? 
It's like an Uncle Phil kind of vibe. No, yes. not Uncle Phil. With the like, sweater vest. I'm going to take care of all you people. Exactly. Like, yes. And he's super, like, even when he wants to be like, listen, fuckers, <laughs> like, I will start bitch slapping every last one of you. He's still, like, so kind and yes. so sweet. And his, I could listen to his, like, Honestly, like the, the the health minister gets on there, and I'm like wah wah. But like Doctor Shahab talks, and I crank CBC up. Like I'm like, hello, Doctor Shahab. <laughs> I'm fucking weird. Everyone knows it already. It's fine. It's all good. <laughs> and we know that Scott Mo doesn't actually believe in Corona. He's just worried about, you know, the economy and the the only like saving grace to any of this is Doctor Shahab is like actually laid down some rules and we know the rest of his rules have been pushed aside for yes yeah. i would love to know what dr shahab really thinks we should do because i'm pretty sure it's not what we're hearing oh for sure mm-hmm. oh for sure i mean now my favorite is dr masri hassan oh. masri oh well, he's not government related at all not government but he region. should be oh yeah Yes. And I do listen. Oh, have you okay. not? No, Joel is all over the Bruins, too. Is he? Yeah. Good man. I have a Bobby Orr, like, huge. Like, it's it's that big. Like, okay. it's it's hanging in my house, and we've got the Bruins blankie, and we've got, oh, okay. oh yeah, we got the Bruins stuff. Not okay. quite like the Bruins room that you had downstairs. Or have, I should have. say. Still have. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, okay. Well, I approve then. Yeah, because I never really, I mean, like, I... I'm a sportsing gal, you know that. Mm-hmm. But my sportsing, like actual, well, I was gonna say I don't, I never really had an NHL loyalty, but like my sportsing loyalties have been like mostly football. Mm-hmm. I will watch any football, mm-hmm. you know, Canadian CFL. It's it's the Riders, and then it's the Lions, and then maybe the Tie Cats, like in that order. Um, NFL is like my Cleveland Browns. Okay. okay. Like I okay, for, for a million year. years. Um, like underdogs, central, 17 years. Well, this then, was 17 years, and I celebrated the fuck out of this. It was crazy. Tangent then, time, then. Who's your Super Bowl pick? Oh, it's gonna kill me. Joel is Tampa Bay all the way because all right, of. Good man, I like Joel. Well, no, because he is a um, Patriots fan. Oh, well, through no. and through. Ooh. And Brady moved, yes. right? Yes. And so I was like, haha, Patriots suck this year, but Brady is fucking. Brady, mm-hmm. between you, me, and these walls, fucking Brady. He is, hard to admit, but the greatest of all time at this point. Fuck. Blah, blah, blah. My but team. he's playing for my team now, so. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I mean, really, the last few Super Bowls, we've gone to the Galaxy and watched it, like, on the theater Big screen. screen. Yes. And it's hilarious, because I cheer for everyone but the Patriots when it comes time for that. And... Two years ago when it was Rams Patriots, I actually won, like, a legit nice, like, official, not just, like, some cheap t-shirt jersey, but, like, an actual jersey, like, a Rams jersey that I've only ever worn that night because fuck the Rams. Mm-hmm. But but it was nice to have it to be, like, against his Patriots because I was not in any kind of, I was in, like, civvy clothes, right? Like, and he was in his Patriots gear and I was like, oh. And I won this jersey and I was like, fuck yeah, go Rams, go. Of course, they lost, but... Yeah, anyway, so, yeah, but but um, NHL, like, I'll watch a hockey game. I was, a, like, a puck bunny in high school, like, because, I mean, what else is there to do in small town, right? Watch the hockey games, whatever. 
Um, and so, like, I, you know, I watch WHL. We go to as many Blades games as we can just because, A, they're cheap, and B, they're, like, great for taking the kids to. Mm-hmm. But I had no, like, NHL allegiance. Like, I guess the closest to NHL allegiance I had was the Golden Knights. Okay. And that was because of the whole um, Greg and Justin, like, make the Golden Knights Saskatchewan's team mm-hmm. campaign. Okay. And that was the year they went to the... You know, it wasn't his decision to move on. It was the Bruins' decision to move on. I wish he would have retired because he's a Bruin, but I understand. Yeah. Um, I'm. See, what makes me sad is that he will not get that game in Boston with all the fans who would give him the biggest standing ovation ever mm-hmm. coming in as an opponent. He would get that big standing O, and he's not going to get that, and he deserves it. Yeah. And that's sad. It is sad, and, and you're right. Like, it's, there's a, it's almost like you got to kind of pros and cons it. Like, I don't know. Like, he, yeah, he should have retired. He should have retired as, and had his jersey go up in the rafters, and, and now it, it, I mean, it still might, but it probably won't. Like, it probably won't. You're, you know what I mean? Like, we'll see. I think it still might. You think so? I, I, think I hope it does. I hope so. But yeah, and Patrice Bergeron, yes, excellent choice. Like, it, <laughs> so okay. Side note: my husband is buried in a Patrice Bergeron jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, went through his plethora of Bruins jerseys to decide what he would be wearing forever, and you know there was the Or, there was the Bork, there were lots of others, and kind of just decided, you know. This is a future Hall of Famer. It's his favorite current player. Yeah. This is what we're going with. So he's buried in the assistant captain jersey. And I think this year I'm going to buy myself a Bergeron captain jersey. That's awesome. So that I have one to wear as well with Kelly. Yeah. Um, if I had absolutely any talent or skill, <laughs> as soon as that was announced. And then um, Anne did a very lovely memorial afternoon. She got a bunch of Kelly's friends and, and all family. The family and oh no friends it was all just family one, one friend who's practically family okay the rest was just family yeah. um they all went and jerseyed up and went and played a, a quick pickup game just some like shooting some, some pucks skating. and some nets yeah. basically and having a good time in in kelly's honor and i just i saw that and i was like oh my gosh and then you were talking about the whole going on buying a new jersey and if i had any kind of like carving talent or like wasn't going to fuck up a thousands of dollars worth of <laughs> memorial graveside stone. I was going to go out and like chisel a little C into oh. the corner of his <laughs> stone and be like, no, he's a captain now, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, like there's like they use special tools. It takes, yeah. you know, years of training. And it does, you know. <laughs> what was really nice is when I went in to ask about the gravestone, the first thing I asked the guy was, can you do an NHL logo? Because I didn't know it was copyright, if they even could. And you could see on his face, oh, we can, but we don't really like to. And I said, well, okay. My husband's just the biggest Bruins fan ever. He's like, oh, well, we can do that. <laughs> the place is run by four brothers who are all Bruins fans. Oh, I didn't so instantly, know that how. was all good. So that we have the Boston <laughs> B on, on the headstone. Yeah. I didn't know that's how it got there. God. Like. Now, did you see the video of when they presented Berger on the captaincy? Yes, I did. <laughs> With a little ball of hate. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, just kidding. <laughs> I, I love the commitment, though. Oh. The team got the Marshawn jersey and put the captaincy on it even for the presentation. Yeah. They, sell, they sold it. It was it great. Was, oh, it was beautiful. And I was, at first, because I, I Joel showed it to me and I didn't know what it was. 
Mm. Like, I I don't know where I'd been. I was, like, I was kind of out of the internet loop for that day. What was I doing? Anyway, it doesn't matter. And he was like, did you see this video? Uh, they They picked the new captain. Didn't say anything other than they picked the new captain. And I went, no, well, there's a video? Show me. So he's holding his phone. And he's, like, I don't know how. He, he usually, like, giggles or gives it away. He's... You know, Joel, he's like mm-hmm. just a little softy. And I'm like, oh, Brad, okay. And then it was like, oh, <laughs> it's just it really funny because, yeah, it was it was a very well done, like I believed it for that, you know, 20 seconds or whatever. I was like, oh, and in my mind I was going, well, your captain usually doesn't have the most penalty time. Like it's, <laughs> the captain's usually the one who like, if they do throw a punch, like, it was really deserved. Right. And Brad, let's face it, he's a bit of an instigator. <laughs> well, and again, the players were all wearing masks, so we could not see their facial expressions. True. That I so helped. wanted to see what Bergeron really was thinking in that moment. <laughs> but. <laughs> well, he was probably like, little fucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I, I, at the same time, like, I think. I think the team, like, really digs Brad. Like, and I mean, when he goes after someone, it's because they deserve it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he'll spear a guy for hurting one of his players. Like, oh, yeah. he'll, you know, he'll take the, the major. He'll do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, de- it's deserved. But, yeah. okay, I I guess. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, like, a super deep, like, I don't dive deep into the history. Like, Joel can tell you who was right wing in, like, 1943. Like, he he can tell you the stats of, like... Bobby Orr, he can tell you, you know, how many minutes that friggin' Brad Marchand played last game. Like, he can tell you that shit. I can't. No, no, my, like, me either. My favorite um, sports um, website that I, I've just kind of, like, found is called The Gist. And it's, <laughs> it's, I use it for basically every other sport now. But it's, like, sports for girls, where they give you, like, the headlines and what you need to know and if you follow along it makes sense because they don't they don't go into like they don't explain every detail like they use abbreviations and they used so if you have to know what they're talking about to get the gist Mm -hmm. but it gives you like you know if you care about you know the headlines in golf or whatever or like you care about the headlines in like basketball is my perfect example joel's a huge boston fan doesn't matter the team the celtics the patriots the Bruins, the, what's the other one? Holy Revolution, shit. the soccer? No, what's, oh, baseball, Red Sox. Oh, Sox, I was like, what yeah. sport didn't I name yet? But, Sad, um, I know the soccer team even. <laughs> but I, baseball, I will go and I'll watch a game live. But watching a baseball game on television is like sticking friggin' needles under my fingernails. Like, it's just, it's so slow. Mm-hmm. The best thing well, they ever invented was Jays 30 and 30, except it's only Blue Jays. Yeah, baseball, the epitome of a perfect game. Nothing happens. <laughs> a no-hitter is the perfect game. Exactly. Literally, nothing happens. Yeah, so it's so fucking boring to watch on television. And at least Joel now, like, I think he used to, like, actually sit and watch games. <laughs> now he just their background noise, and he's like, I can go and do stuff and whatever. But, like... Oh, my God. So, if I got just the headlines, like, if I could follow just, because I, baseball, I give two shits, but it'd be nice to know what he's talking about. Like, if someone, someone got traded or whatever, Mm -hmm. like, I'd have the headlines, right? And NBA is the same way. Like, when everybody was like, go Raptors, like, we are the North. I was like, I'm the West. (laughs) I'm not the North. Like, I 
could give two shits. But in high school, loved basketball, watched the high school basketball. I was like the one, we had like a gallery that looked over our gym. And so like you had people that were up in the bleachers who were like watching the game. And then you had those of us that actually like wanted to watch and pay attention. We were like sitting at the edge of the gallery, like holding onto the railing. Mm -hmm. And that was me and my girlfriends. Like we sat and watched the boys play and watched the girls play. And like, because my friends were on the girls team. The boy I liked was on the boys team. Like my best friends were on the boys team. Like it's. Live sports is totally different than TV sports. Yeah, absolutely. I could go to any sporting event live. Just about. Any. Just about. Um, I have been to ones that I never thought I would go to. I mean, I've been to a World Cup qualifying game, Peru versus Brazil. Um, The smells, the sounds, everything of being there live was amazing. I have been to cockfights. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was funny. It was, like, the best video I'd seen in a while because I was, like, I fell for it. I was, like, oh, that's an interesting choice. And in my head, I was, like, I will never go again. But I have been (laughs) because I would go and experience it because it was experience. I've been to the bullfight. I, Mm. again, probably wouldn't go again. But the experience of being there live and everything about it was fascinating yeah see you had a i guess geographically like you the cockfights the bullfights i bullfights are something um, oh by the way that was not in florida um i did live in peru (laughs) for five years (laughs) just so you know right it wasn't like some underground like fight club in florida (laughs) well florida man could have had cockfights going on i don't know i was not there in florida this was in peru dog fighting happens in florida I'm Isn't sure. Isn't that where Michael Vick got caught? No, Virginia, I believe. Oh, okay. So just slightly north. Yeah. But I mean, I'm sure it happens. I, just, <laughs> I would not have attended. <laughs> Man, we don't talk about the panhandle. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> what happens in the panhandle stays in the panhandle. Yeah. Um, five years in the panhandle. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Not out here. But, but no, I, like a bullfight, yeah, if, if I were to go to Spain and, like, actually, like, be a part of that culture and even the running of the bulls, like, so people think it's, it's, and it is very bloody, very graphic, very, but there's, the, it, the whole culture behind it, the history behind it, that there is, and it's, I'm going to get so raked over the coals for this, but there are some things in this world that you have to see beyond what it is. And that animal at the end is so respected and had been was so is so revered in its afterlife like it's it's not just like thrown to the side of the street to rot it's to me it's it's like comparing how indigenous canadians hunted buffalo and white or indigenous peoples i shouldn't say canadians indigenous peoples hunted buffalo used every ounce on that carcass respected the animal used it for what it was meant to be used for and then white settlers came in and, like, took a couple of strips of meat off and left it. Like, you know, or they were just, like, killed for sport. Even now, like, um, people who hunt versus people who poach. You know, like, there's mm-hmm. there's a total difference. And to me, people see um, bullfighting as, like, this barbaric, torturous, like, horrific thing. And if you only look at that one section of what that bullfight is, yes, it's horrible. It's awful. But I don't, I'm going to get so many letters. P, I'm not from PETA. Like, I don't believe that everything PETA stands for is correct. And yes, there is some, like, obviously some pain or some whatever involved in, in that sport. But an animal is not a human. And yeah. that's my bottom line is, like, 
it is, it, it, if you respect the whole history of it, mm-hmm. you respect it. Now, does that mean I think, like, dogs and cats should be tortured? And, like, no, because there's no history. There's no, there's no pride. There's no, what is the word I'm looking for? Tradition. Even mm. beyond that. It's beyond tradition. Yeah. Like, because you could have, like, a tradition. I mean, you could live in a really fucked up family where your tradition is to skin a cat once a year. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it. it Let's be honest, like, there's, there's fucked up people everywhere. Yeah. But it's, it's not just, even cockfights, like, you know, people are like, oh, well, they're just Brewsters, like, whatever, and they peck each other to death. Well, have no, you actually... No, they don't peck each other to death. <laughs> they, they have knives um, strapped onto their legs, and they destroy each other. It's disgusting. Mm. I will not ever go to the cockfights again. I did it because it was a cultural thing, and I felt like I should experience cultural things while living in another culture that is one i will never experience again i would go to the bullfights again they were beautiful um they were majestic that's a great word for it um and my favorite part of it was when the 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 bullfighter was actually on horseback and so that bullfighter was controlling a horse and a bull at the same time, convincing a horse to go towards a bull. And it was beautiful. I mean, truly beautiful and awe-inspiring. And yes, the bull dies. Um, and a whole lot of people get fed. The, the stadium was in a not affluent area. And afterwards, everything is cooked and people are fed in this area. Probably one of the better meals and more substantial meals that they have in in a month. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I'm okay with that. Maybe I'm going to get letters now, too. I don't know. Yeah. But um, the fact is, I was okay with that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is, it's, it's, it's all about intention. Mm-hmm. Like, that, it, I think everything you do in life, you should have a good intention. Or if it's not a good intention, you should be willing to stand up for it. Because, I mean, what I think is a good intention, somebody else might not think is a good intention. I've mm-hmm. got... A lo- I mean, hello, I'm from Saskatchewan, born and raised. And I know a lot of people from Saskatchewan, born and raised. And hunting. How many people have pictures of them holding up, you know, a deer or a moose or an elk and the tongue is hanging out and they've just shot it or they've used a bow or whatever. That animal, those people are going to take that animal. They are going to use every bit of meat off of there that they can. They are going to properly dispose of the other parts they are going to potentially display it as a trophy. They do, you know, one or two animals a year. They feed their friends. They feed their family. They, like, they, they're not hunting and leaving it out in the field. They're not trophy hunting baby elephants. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, and there was a time and a place where that was even acceptable. And there's a person um, in my hometown who would go, like, he safari hunted and our town actually has like literally a little museum of African creatures and rugs and and trophy like heads and there's a stuffed lion and elephant stools and ivory and because this was all not only legal but like encouraged it was like he had a lot of money he you know and to this day it's it's still cool to go and like see I mean I am in a town of like 2,500 people, where am I going to see a lion? 
you know, like, and I mean, growing up, I never, we never went to the Calgary Zoo. We never went like anywhere, you know, we like went camping in Saskatchewan. That was it. So to see what an actual elephant foot, like how big an elephant foot is. And I'll compare that to like how big the rest of the elephant is going to be. Like, it was really cool when I was like, you know, 10 and I had no concept of these animals. They were just like cartoons or they were like pictures on, you know, the National Geographic or whatever, but you know better, you do better. And so should we burn all of these artifacts? Like, no, you take it for what it is, take it for what the culture was and, and kind of move forward. And I mean, that like with the bullfighting, like that's just it. Like there are people that you know, call for it to be, you know, done and banned and, and not disallowed. I still think that that culture appreciates, that culture respects, that culture, it, it's not, it shouldn't be vilified. Because like you said, they're not just like, it's not just for the, the glory of like the kill. It's for so much more than that. So... Yeah, I think where where it's properly done, and properly isn't even probably the right word, but respectfully done. Respectfully, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's huge. Mm-hmm. I'm actually really jealous you've actually seen a bullfight. Yeah. I, I didn't was, know that. Yeah. yeah, I spent five years down there and tried to, you know, take in what I could and process through it uh, and like I said those cockfights never happening again but uh, See, I didn't okay so like star swipe the more you know I didn't know that there was like little I just thought that it was like they were riled up and thrown in this little tiny pen and they like picked at each other and like no no they're in um a little stadium um oh I don't know it's a circular ish stadium uh maybe 20 feet in diameter I'm gonna guess a number there and, um, yeah, so they take the two birds, chickens, and they, like, holding on to them, kind of force them at each other's faces to get them all angry at each other. Then they go and have this case of different weapons, different shaped weapons. And after they've seen the other bird, they decide which one to strap on its hind legs. And they just kick at each other and slice each other's throats, and it's really quite disgusting. And people just throw their money down and yell which chicken they're betting on, and it's it's quite an experience to be there and see how it all works, but not one I would repeat. Ah, uh, the the okay, the weapons kind of throw me off because I was just like, I mean, like I've seen in a chicken coop, I've seen like you know little even baby chicks get the shit kicked out of each other, like. I was like, eh, survival of the most fit. Like, whatever, right? Like, it's... But, oh, fuck. Mm, yeah, no, it's When we different. give little animals, like, weapons, that changes shit. Yeah, it's it's pretty messed up, if you ask me. But, again, not not for me. I don't feel like it's for me to make the decision that it should or should not happen. It's just something I won't participate in again. Yeah, very true. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess, you know, that could be true of anything. Like you see something and you're either into it or you're not into it right yeah. like yeah oh no the weapons yeah i did not know that mm-hmm. i i legit thought they were just like picking at each oh, other oh, and like oh no picking their eyes out and like no it is oh. gory and bloody and yeah i thought like little beaks were like the only weapons and they like ripped feathers out and like kind of like a girl fight where mm-hmm. like you know they pull hair and pull at the earrings and yeah <gasps> okay i mean let's face it some girl fights are Mm-hmm. are probably more bloody and violent than they should be too but 
I mean, there are people who egg those on as well. So mm-hmm. I don't see PETA getting up at arms about like pulling out extensions. Extensions are fucking expensive. So like, let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> it just takes me back to watching 90 Day Fiance. Do you ever watch it? Are, are that you into like... Sh- that is a horror. show I've never watched. Oh, I, okay. I watch a lot of shitty TV. I've never seen 90 Day Fiance. Although, it took me a while. Like, the guy with no neck. Yes, Ed. Uh, Big he, Ed. He's in a lot of memes, and I didn't know where he was from or what his deal was. And I guess, like, was he, did he bag a hot wife? Uh, he, he bagged a hot girlfriend for a bit until she was done with him. No, but the family Chantel, and there was a a pulling out of the weave of a family member of the husband, and yeah, that's all I can think of when it's when we talk about pulling out weaves. <laughs> like, oh, it's what hold my earrings, like I'm yeah. going in. Yeah. <laughs> As somebody who used to wear hoops to the bar, yeah. <laughs> and you know, if you ever see Tracy like drinking a beer, take her home because you know that she's about to take her earrings out either. Yeah, like, if she's drinking beer, she's done. We'll stick to red wine. (laughs) Yeah, because when Tracy pulled out the beer, shit's about to go down. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, I can't taste it, because I'm just like, la, la, la. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, if I'm wearing hoops, definitely take me home once you see me crack a beer. Yeah, that's a life lesson for everyone listening. Fair warning. (laughs) I like it. Oh, my goodness. How did we go from... The Bruins to cockfights. Yeah. Hmm. That's going to be an interesting. <laughs> yeah, segues. Segues are fun. Tangents. See, that's why I love you, Anne, because we just, like, we we haven't actually, like, chatted for a while. This like, is the first time I've seen you since my husband's funeral. Holy shit. Yeah, I guess. Well, COVID, COVID kicked in. Yeah. And then, I mean, you, yeah, you really locked down. I have, yeah. I I shouldn't admit this out loud. I mean, like, we were really, like, I was coming here, and this is, like, my boss, who normally works right there, has been in Kelowna for the last little while. She's also worked from home. Like, she's not come in. And so I've had all this space to myself. And, I mean, like, I come in that back door, and I can see people in the branch, but I don't. Like, rarely will I actually physically run into someone so I've been alone. Like, I come to work and I'm alone. And then I go home. And I'll drop the kids off at school or whatever. I'll go to the grocery store. And that was my world. Like, mm-hmm. I took Hannah to, uh, when the pandemic all started, I took her to Walmart. Because she needed rubber boots. And I don't know about, like, a lot of people, but I was not in a position to buy five or six pairs. <laughs> or different styles or whatever. And then just hold on to them because you couldn't return stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's really funny. So I put her in the in the cart and she's like almost too big for the cart. But I put her in the cart and I was like, don't touch anything. Like put your hands here. I put my hands over hers so she couldn't like touch stuff. We went, I put the boots to the bottom of her foot and then bought like a size up from that. Like, because I didn't even want to actually put them on her. You know, God forbid somebody, you know. And I was given so many dirty looks that I had a three-year-old in a store at that time. I I was given a few dirty looks having an eight-year-old with me at the grocery store. Um, I I went in ready to fight, honestly, uh, because of some online warrior, you know, keyboard warrior there who there's always, there's always a way to not bring your children to the store. 
Um, the suggestion was that I leave her in the car, have someone else park next to the car with the windows rolled down so that she could talk to them. Um, yeah, my child just lost her dad two months earlier. I'm not abandoning her in a car in a parking lot mm -hmm. to talk to someone in a car next door. Mm-mm. Not happening. She's going to the grocery store with me. Exactly. Um, and yeah, so I, I it was funny because I went in ready for a fight, just fi figuring there's more of these people out there that are going to give me the nasty, dirty looks. And people didn't. They were so happy to see a kid and a kid who was going to walk next to me and not touch everything because mm -hmm. she's a good kid. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, she had to go with me there for a few months while there was no school because it's just her and I. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... We really did lock down, and family members of ours, you know, my family's in the States. I haven't seen them since my husband's funeral either. Um, my husband's family is here, but that's an 87-year-old grandmother who doesn't drive. We're not exposing her to anything, and she's not going to babysit. A brother-in-law who works in a grocery store. So the exposure possibility there is not somebody I'm going to ask to babysit. And then a sister-in-law who was diagnosed with leukemia in the spring and right. going through everything. So, again, not exposing there. My child's going with me. Exactly. You know, now that things are a bit better, she's doing online school, so she's home for that, but she does go to gymnastics. And while she's there on Saturday is when I go to the grocery store. Okay, but for Sorry. the first few months, we couldn't do that. I guess you're not eating this week because I'm eating up your grocery store time. <laughs> oh, no, I already went. <laughs> okay, good. Yep, yep, yep. No, I uh, drop her off at 9, get to the grocery store before it's busy, dropped everything off at home, and got myself over here. Holy crap, she's like, it's a long morning for her then. She goes four hours a day, four times a week, 16 hours a week. Wow. What? Holy shit, we're going to see her in the Olympics, aren't we? Uh, probably not. That's not her goal. <laughs> No? Um, no, no, she just loves it. But, um, yeah, I don't think she, she would want to do that. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that she'll want to continue into college and that could be a scholarship opportunity mm. and, and whatnot. But, um, I don't, I don't foresee her trying for the Olympics. No. I don't think that's her goal. And that's cool. That is super cool though, that she loves it. So, I mean, she I watched, does. you've posted tons of videos of her doing flips and stuff and it's really cute to like watch back the old ones mm -hmm. oh that's just adorable <laughs> like the little and now the stuff she can do I'm like yep. holy shit like not even in my like wildest dreams can I like fuck it reminds me of the, the very beginning of like one of my favorite teeny bopper movies um bring it on mm, yes backhand spread flip twist I'm like oh my god <laughs> if only if only I could that'd be hilarious yeah I love reminding her with showing her videos from when she was five and she needed a spot to just do a back roll and now <laughs> she's doing back handsprings on the high beam you know and it's like okay <laughs> that's so crazy that's awesome yeah it's good and stuff are you allowed to go in and watch her yet or no nope. Fuck's sake. I, I go in to clean on a regular basis because we have parents have to volunteer to go in and clean mats once a day. We have mats that have to be cleaned, all the touch points, the change rooms, all that stuff. Parents do all of that each day. Um, so I am in the gym usually once a week to clean, um, but it's when they're warming up. So I don't, mm. so you don't see any gymnastics. See. Nope. Is there like a gallery in her gym or? There is a gallery, but we're not allowed in it. That's lame. Yeah. Really, is. like, I would think with the gallery, they'd at least, you'd be able to go up a couple at a time or whatever. And 
Yeah, no, we're just not allowed. Um, and that's an area they use for storing, like, each girl has their own Rubbermaid bin with all of their mm. gear and stuff, and they use that area for storage and their break time. And Okay. So, yeah. So there's yeah. a reason it's, like, oh, yeah. it's not just sitting dead space. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a little bit more, like, I could kind of understand that now, but. Yeah. It's that's, tough. That's the hardest part, I think, of all this is, like. You can't go into their schools. You can't go into their spaces. You can't, like, you can't enjoy them the same way that we mm-hmm. used to. Like, even friends, like, it's it's kind of crazy. And, again, it's all, at this point, it's all economics, not actually public health. But, like, we could go, actually, it's really funny because my friend's husband had a birthday a couple weeks ago. And we were like, what are we going to do to celebrate Kurt's birthday and so we were like well we'll go for supper so I made a reservation for the four of us had to be the four couldn't be more and we're sitting much closer than you and I are even no masks on Mm -hmm. um I could have spat on Kim's food like I was so close like Mm -hmm. she was sitting beside me the boys were across the table from us I could have reached across and eaten off of Curtis's plate like but we couldn't after we were done supper we couldn't go to either person's house and play cards or even wearing masks. I know. Like, we could have eaten mask-free. Can't, in the same space, take them, put masks on and play cards. Like, mm-hmm. and that to me, like, that is so frustrating. And I will be 110% honest with you because nobody else is listening <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, flag this for edit. Flag. Um, <laughs> But we went out for supper with a, a couple friends, like a, another couple, not Kim and Curtis. It's, it was different. Um, they are from out of town. So they were planning on driving in, getting a hotel room, driving home in the morning. We went out for supper. We went and we like grabbed a case of like Mike's Hard Lemon and went back to their hotel room, had a couple of drinks, chatted for like four and a half hours. And then at like one o'clock in the morning, Joel and I were like, we better get home because our babysitter needs to get home. So, and our babysitter is Kim and Curtis's daughter. So, like, I mean, and she's kind of been in our bubble because we've needed, like, I sometimes have work stuff or, or, like, whatever. I still need a sitter. I do, too. So, yeah. So, she's, like, and, I mean, is the sitter even allowed in our bubble? Like, I don't even know at this point. Like, I, it's so confusing. And the rules. So, the rules are so confusing and they've changed so often. It's insane. Basically, I broke the law. Yeah, I totally broke the law, and it felt good. <laughs> well, I, I'm a bad girl. You know me. I, I just, I have issues with the restaurants and bars um, being open and being allowed to, yes, only have four people at a table, but you don't have to be from the same household. And you can, like you said, sit right next to each other, no masks, have a meal, mm-hmm. but yet... I can't have you at my house to even sit in the living room with masks and chat like we are right now. Because this is for work, we can do it. But if it were just us wanting to shoot the shit at home, we can't. Yeah. How is that less safe than going to a restaurant? It, I, and it's really not. like it, it. That's why I tease that Scott Moe doesn't know that Corona is like a bad thing. Because mm-hmm. it... Every decision that's been made, the first thing they think is economics. economics. And I get it. Okay? Like, I understand. Our government, like, blew their load 
way too soon with the whole like, oh my God, everyone stay home. We'll give you money. We'll do this. We'll do that. And Joel is like way more, um, follows way more like of the political rumblings and stuff. And he has said, and I kind of believe him, that our government is going to allow leniency for all of those CERB payments and that they're not going to collect them all back. And my first thought to that is, fuck that. I want $12,000 free and clear because I didn't stop working. I didn't, you know, get money from the government for anything. I didn't like, and if you're just going to give away money to people who shouldn't have gotten it, and I'm not talking about the people that did stop working or their businesses were closed or their boss shut them down for safety reasons. You didn't work. You deserve it. But there were people and the day I was at Walmart with, with Hannah, we're in line and there's a woman and a man and like a teenager in line in front of us talking to the cashier who was obviously her friend. And she told her, yeah, we all just applied and we're all going to get like $2,000 a month. You should apply too. Because you know what? Everyone's just getting it. They'll check afterwards. That was the attitude back in March. Now, those three people obviously didn't deserve $6,000 a month for nothing. Mm-mm. Like... There were people who did deserve $2,000 a month or $1,400 or whatever it's going to work out to with tax. Like, that's fine. I'm not talking about you. But the ones who definitely didn't deserve to get it and are being asked to pay it back and are like, oh, I can't. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. And then there's the U.S. who's just going to give everybody money, still working or not. Uh, even those of us who live in a different country and are still working, I have gotten my first, I got the first, as we call it, stimmy payment mm-hmm. from, from the U.S. I got $1,200 last spring. So you got 1200 American? American. What does that work out to in uh, Canadian? It was a little over 15 And Shut so up. I bought my daughter a gym set to use at home. She's got a bar and a beam and mats and all that goodness now. Can I borrow um, like 50 bucks? Yeah, sure. <laughs> and I'm still waiting for my second STEMI payment that, uh, you know, went out in December. But it's got to go in the mail all the way here mm. to Canada. Uh, and... At least they know where you are. Yeah. I didn't have to be out of work. Uh, I don't even pay taxes in the U.S. because I don't make enough. But I have to file every year. And because I filed, I get the STEMI payment. People who are actually unemployed are having a hard time getting unemployment and getting anything. But yet all of us who are still working got the STEMI payment, which is not enough to cover but one month of anything. Wow, that's true. So, oh, yeah. Anyway. I, I mean, I, I, for five, it's so fucking just riling because you have to be a grown-up sometimes and figure out if you're actually allowed, if you're not, like what the deal is. And it's really disheartening <laughs> as someone who I could, could I, could you use $12,000 free and clear? Everyone could. I mean, like, holy fuck. The woman in wherever Eastern Canada, the, the cake maker... Who, oh, there was a big CBC story about it. She was a, she's a cake decorator, um, a la our friend Brandy. Like, mm-hmm. it yes. used to be in the past. That's all she does. Okay. Her husband works uh, an engineering job, I think. I, I, he's, he, like, he makes the money. Yeah. She filed or, um, a gross income of 6000 or a, a net income or something of $6,000 or $5,000. Because of that, she claimed CERB 
up to twelve dollars or $16,000. She has that in her pocket. She blew it on whatever. Plus, her husband is bringing home enough bacon to cover all their bills and stuff. So everything she bought must have been superfluous. Just like, right? Because she's got nothing to show for it. Hmm. The government sent her a bill saying, hi, according to like the net or the gross or whatever it was, you actually didn't deserve as much money as we sent you. Oopsie. Mm-hmm. So she called the CBC. Tears are flowing. Oh, poor me. The government wants their money back. I'm like, listen, bitch. Yes, you may not have been working. Your expenses were covered. You were living the high life. So you didn't have money to get your nails done every month. I bet you your nail lady wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Yet at the same time, um, so I am an EA and we are laid off for summers, Christmas, Feb break, Easter break. Mm-hmm. We are actually laid off during those times, not paid. Our pay is equaled out over the 10 months, but even during the Christmas break and such, we are technically not paid. Right. So we can apply for EI. And... We apply for EI. It even asked, is this COVID related? No. What happened? I get CERB. Really? So I didn't ask for CERB. I applied for regular EI, Mm -hmm. clicked no on the is it COVID related and still get CERB. So over the summer, I was actually paid more than I get paid regularly. See, so I fully expect I will need to pay something back. And did you I get a letter yet? No, I've gotten nothing. But I also did not apply incorrectly and ask no. for something that I didn't deserve. I was just given something that I don't think I deserved, but they were automatically doing it. Mm-hmm. So we, we shall see. Um, well, I think that you probably would have, if they had you down as, as like a, just a CERB application, you probably would have gotten a letter. Yeah. I just applied for regular EI. Huh. It'll be interesting. Maybe you'll have like an EI over... Because like, I mean, with my mat, last mat leave, it was really funny. Apparently, they overpaid me $59. And then when I went and I did my first um, income tax after that mat mm-hmm. leave, they were like, oh, you're showing that you have a $59 overpayment. So we'll just take $59 off of your tax refund. I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> like... But I mean, and the funny thing is, I don't think I ever, I actually, I'm sure I never got a letter saying I'd been overpaid. Like, I mean, what, $59? Like, come on. Like, I must have, like, st- well, no, because I had a couple of weeks. Like, they knew when I was ending my mat leave and I knew when I was starting work again. So maybe that month I, like, overed myself by a couple of hours or something on, like, an ROE or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, yeah. Good gravy, like $59. So I had to giggle. I mean, that was a couple years ago, but like, so maybe that's what's going to happen with yours is they'll be like, oh, you overpaid by, you know, $500 or something, or you were overpaid. Yeah. So your next income tax, they'll like adjust it or something. But the thing is, if these people aren't paying income tax, maybe that's why you didn't get a letter. Maybe these are the people that don't necessarily pay income tax. Yeah. Maybe that's why they got letters. That light bulb just went off over my head. There you go. We'll find out. Um, That time is coming up, and I will be hiring someone to take care of that this year with final taxes for Kelly and all that, and craziness for this year's taxes, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's a different, whole different set of taxes. I remember Crystal, 
-hmm. We have a, another mutual friend who uh, was widowed very with a very young child. And even hearing some of the stuff that now, like, 10 years later, she still has to deal with. I'm just like, seriously? Mm -hmm. Like, you, you sent in the paperwork to the government 10 years ago. They know that he's not walking the earth. And yet they're still asking for things about him. Like, that's got to be just a stab in the back every time, too. Like, yeah, I, she and I have, have talked some about a, a handful of things. But uh, one of those is traveling. Um, a couple of times, uh, I had traveled with my daughter without my husband, um, and, you know, got the, the little form that was, you know, in, in case, cause we traveled to the U S to visit my family and, you know, in case they asked, yes, yeah, so he approved us going on our own, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, I asked her, am I going to need something in the future to, say that it's okay and she's like yeah Carrie she's like it sucks but you have to carry that death certificate with you when you travel and I hadn't thought of that of just like oh I literally have to carry a death certificate with me from now on in case somebody decides to ask where's your husband where's your child's father new realities talk about like an albatross hanging yeah. around your neck yeah and, and then there's that part of me that just goes I'd love for you to ask my child you know, where's your dad? Why isn't he with you? And have her say, because he's in the cemetery, dead. You know, and just, yeah, I don't know. I just think there's some things that don't need to be asked. And sometimes a little kick in the pants from a kid mm -hmm. might get people to stop asking some of these things. But we'll see. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that <laughs> having a the innocence of like an eight or a nine-year-old saying, well, he's dead. Thanks for asking. Mm -hmm. Would be like... A little wrenching, a little... Yeah. At the same time, like, there are really shitty people in this world that, that do, you know, kidnap and traffic. And, and I mean, I've seen you, Anne. You do have a little shiftiness to you sometimes. Oh, well. And Maddie is adorable. So, like, <laughs> she is... I mean, me too. Like, I, I make cute, blonde-haired, blue-eyed babies that are worth a lot more on the black market than they are in my living room. Yeah. And... Well, let's just face it. I just said I could use $12,000. So, <laughs> right? I mean. <laughs> Please don't write in with offers. <laughs> well, it depends on the offer. <laughs> Toy parties. I mean, we kind of covered all bases. Sportsing. Go sports. Funerals. You know. Like, we did it all. We did. <laughs> I hope you had fun. I did. Thank you so much for having me. We'll do it again. For sure. Um, yeah. I'm. I'm very excited to, like. Get this up on the interweb. I say like way too much. It's really bad. I, I hear myself do it now every once in a while too. And I'm just like, oh, I have to see. Just did it again. There you go. Hey. I'm like, oh, my. Hey. <laughs> that is terrible. I think I should <laughs> edit everyone out. But there would be so many actually spaces. That'd be really funny. Just add a little ding. Every time. Oh, I actually, there is a bell out there that would like do. Ding. <laughs> I volunteer to sit here and just go. Ding. That would be amazing. Okay. Well, next time I'll have you in and you can do that for sure. Perfect. <laughs> this has been a all over. We'll see what the offers are. Send them in. Tracy says things at gmail.com. <laughs> or, or Instagram at Tracy says things. I mean, whatever. Going to drop that in every once in a while. Oh my God, we've talked about so much stuff.
We have, and I'm going to have to go soon to pick that crazy <laughs> kid up from gymnastics. Yes. How it's like COVID and bullfights and cockfights and place episode of Tracy Says Things. Thank you so much, Anne, for coming in. You are I, very welcome. Thanks I, for having me. I've missed your face. And I didn't realize it had been like since the landing, <laughs> since the funeral, but we, uh, we definitely need to do this again. Masks mm-hmm. on. Let's, you know what? You can actually protest with more people. Protest is legal. So we mm-hmm. should set up a mom group protest mm-hmm. and make signs that just say like random things like I like Ike or um, what's another one? Like Black Lives Matter. We'll just like have every protest from history. No malarkey. Um, I'll go with the no malarkey sign. Yeah, like votes for women. Like we'll do we'll do all of the protests in history. We'll all have different signs. And we'll just like stand somewhere. How's Rotary Park sound? Sounds good to me. And we'll it'll be a protest. There you go. And we'll have coffee. I'll I'll have like a like a, a food truck come. We'll we'll just we'll make it like an event. Mm-hmm. But it's a protest. Right. And then we can all visit, we can all chat, we'll all have masks. Oh, of course. It'll be a pro-mask, anti-mask, or an anti-anti-mask rally. That's what we'll do. I like it. A pro-mask or anti-anti-mask rally. Perfect. This is coming together. We will, like, quit recording, actually plan it, make it happen. Sounds good. I think that's a great idea. A party that, because you can't have parties otherwise. No. Fantastic. Thank you, Anne. You're very welcome. This was Tracy Says Things, a podcast brought to you by Anchor Media, produced terribly by Tracy. If you would like to volunteer your production skills or offer feedback, contact us at tracysaysthings at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at tracysaysthings.